the Road to Health Podcast. Backroads. Hi there, I'm Mark Sheldon, and this is the Road to Health, Backroads. Today we're revisiting a segment from April 2022, where we celebrated Earth Day by taking a trip to Southside Community Land Trust's city farm. There, we sat down with guests Jasandra Barrows and Jake Stanton to discuss how they're transforming city blocks into farm space. Let's listen. Do you know how you want to do this? Or just... No, you lead the way. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, we are here at City Farm in the south side of Providence. Um, we are an urban farm, we've been around for what, like 30 years? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we'll produce food mostly for farmers markets, a little bit goes to the food bank. Um, and we're just trying to do it in a sustainable way. Uh, my name is Jake Stanton, I'm the Food Access Associate at Southside Community Land Trust. And I'm Jazandra Barrows, I'm the Community Partnerships Manager at Southside Community Land Trust. Jazandra and Jake sat down with us in a shaded corner city farm in Providence, and they wasted no time talking about the importance of access to growing space and their yield of healthy food. We live in a neighborhood, this neighborhood south side. Um, if you just go up a few blocks, like you'll see there's a lot of fast food, a lot of convenience food, um, and that's pretty normal and standard for neighborhoods like this um, all across the United States. And, you know, having access to green spaces and not just kind of, you know, environmentally healthy, but also the part about growing food um, is really important for people to be able to control and have some say in what they eat and, you know, what their diet is consisting of. So what's your yield like? Uh, Our yield is is pretty pretty decent. Um, We have farm stands twice a week um, for... I think it's like 25 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, you can see in the greenhouse right now we're preparing for plant sale. So we grow upwards of like 40,000 plants, 230. Um, about five to 6,000 of those are gonna get donated. And then the rest, we have a big plant sale um, the weekend after Mother's Day. Um, so we have folks come in and yeah, we sell a lot of plants on that weekend. <laughs> uh, this is the first year we're gonna, uh, since the pandemic, we, the last two years we've done it online and uh, pickups outside the gate there, and we're gonna actually have folks back in the farm again, so we're excited for that. You know, in, in communities like this, with, you know, there is access to fast food, there is access to corner stores that have food that's, um, you know, not not that great to eat, but if you do want, fresh and healthy food that's affordable you really have to go out of the community and i think that for folks um for folks that have cars like that's not that big a deal you just hop on 95 and you're you know in some suburb where they have market basket or something but you know if you don't have access to a car um and you're taking the bus or you're biking or something or you're walking it's almost impossible um so our big thing has always been land access for people who want to grow their own food and so um this space that we're in city farm is an example of that this is a urban farm um so it's used to produce food that is sold at markets primarily farmers markets um and then um a lot of it is donated as you saw in the greenhouse we're growing plants for our plant sale and so those will be uh, made available to the community um and then 
one kind of block over is um, the first garden, which is Somerset Community Garden. And so that's the garden that started the land trust um, before there was an actual organization. And so it's always been about people want to grow food. So how do we get access to land to, to do that and grow food for yourself, your family or grow food as, um, you know, a market opportunity or economic opportunity? And I think it's important to add too that this is a, a, a multi-tiered approach. Um, from my own experience having a community garden, you grow a few things, maybe you grow tomatoes and strawberries, and that's not going to entirely supplement your diet, especially if you live in an area where you don't have access to fresh food. And so we're working on a few levels where it's one, having the land access for community members who want to grow their own things just personally, and then also supporting folks who are farmers and who are bringing food into these communities. Um, because, you know, if you go to a farmer's market, you actually can get a significant supply of, of, of fresh, healthy foods to grow. Um, and so that way, it's both giving people the, the ability to do it on their own and then also bringing it into the community. That's, a, that's City Farm is just an example of 60 such gardens and farms in Southside Community Land Trust's network. Spanning 70 acres and serving 15 markets and 25 spoken languages. It's a place that not only grows food, but also grows community. A place to learn and to share knowledge from all over the world. <laughs> um, I will say that, you know, the education piece, yes, it's, it's part of it. Um, I think there's a lot of learning and sharing that happens amongst folks who come into this space um, or into these spaces, meaning the community gardens and the farms. Um, a lot of folks who are currently in the gardens and farms, you know, they're people who come from places where they have agricultural knowledge and experience. And so a lot of it is about adapting the foods that they were already eating and growing um, a lot of times in tropical places or subtropical places. and adapting that to the Rhode Island climate. And so when you go into the gardens, you'll see a real huge variety of um, different vegetables, a lot of them very specific to certain cultures. Um, we have a lot of folks who are growing uh, Southeast Asian vegetables and West African, East African uh, vegetables, a lot of staple crops. And, you know, the education piece that we're doing kind of as on the land trust front is really how to take folks who are a lot of times growing in small uh, spaces, having trouble um, with pests or, you know, with, you know, with weeds and things like that and showing people how to grow them in more sustainable ways and not using any kind of synthetic chemicals and doing a lot of that, like technical assistance um, for growing. But I think the education about, you know, diets, a lot of folks already kind of have a, a knowledge of the things that they want to eat. And a lot of times people are coming to this country, finding themselves in neighborhoods like this, where that access is very limited to fresh produce um, in general, but then more specifically to foods that they're um, finding commonly in their cultural diets. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that there's barriers that people face when they are here um, that would like disenfranchise them from getting bigger as farmers, growing more food. Um, and I think that we do a pretty good job in, in helping folks in, in that level too. Um, just in terms of like certifications and trainings that are required to, to grow on certain levels, um, and to actually like create a business out of, out of what you're doing. Um, and so I think that, you know, like Jazandra said, folks already have the knowledge and it's just helping people to apply the knowledge to the specific circumstances that they're in right now. 
The thing that makes City Farm special is how it takes a space in the middle of a busy city and turns it into free-growing space, but the thing that keeps it special is its caretakers and how they know to continue to take from the land, you have to give back to it. And they're just as invested in the future of Southside Community Land Trust itself. Um, but the way that food is currently grown kind of on the industrial scale, it's like it's very extractive. And so what's happening is that, you know, we're depleting our soils, we're depleting kind of the natural resources. And so the way that we're trying to grow is on a small scale, but it's the way that we can kind of give back to the earth, building up the soil, um, you know, using um, organic matter that you can kind of go and get yourself from, you know, all around Rhode Island and, you know, adding those nutrients back into the soil, not applying anything that's gonna, you know, cause degradation or be toxic to the soil or to the food that's being grown. And, you know, we have really toxic soil in Providence, especially um, there's a lot of lead contamination in the soil. So that's a part of the education piece is making sure like the soil that we're growing in is safe before we start growing and then kind of how we can build it up um, to maintain it for the future and that it can continue to be a productive space. I'm fairly new to the organization, but I think I've joined in a moment where we're undergoing a lot of change. Um, from what I understand about the the history of the organization, it's been like a small, scrappy organization that's, you know, just trying to get by and really bootstrap our way into things um and it seems like we are now starting to invest more we're having the um the the new office on broad street that's going to like hugely increase our capacity and so i think that we're kind of moving out of this space of being scrappy to a space of like no we have some power we have influence um let's direct this into our communities and help empower people with this yeah the organization is officially middle-aged now so um we're in the 41st year this year i think what i'm most excited to see um and watch happen is the network of growers especially that me and jake get to work with and the potential of new folks but also the potential of continuing to work to build kind of this um economy around food especially like right here on the south side well i will say that um it's been really actually in the last two years since the pandemic, it's been really great to have um, health care be invested in the food sector um, in this way in particular, because, you know, we look at looking at food insecurity, but then also looking at the diet related kind of health disparities that a lot of folks in our community face um, and knowing that, you know, having more access to fresh fruits and vegetables, especially those are, that are grown in the ways that we are trying to grow food is really important for people's health. And to have those connections be made between healthcare and food, and to know um, that people are being engaged on the healthcare side in regards to their diet and the way that they're, they're eating. Um, is really important. In 2020, we started a, a VeggieRx, which is our vegetable prescription program. We started it in Pawtucket at the Family Care Center, um, working with Care New England. And we work with their primary care um, physicians to prescribe 
uh, vegetables to patients that screen as food insecure. And so from July to November, we do biweekly shares to patients and their families. And we're doing pickups and deliveries of those vegetables um, directly to patients. So we've been doing that and it's been great. And we're growing that with them and we're looking to expand um, with some other partners this year as well. Thirteen thousand pounds of inputs into our compost and we get about a thousand pounds of compost out of that um it's a really messy job because you're missing you're mixing horse manure rotten foods uh coffee grounds <laughs> and so and, and then like plant material so it's not fun but like by this time of year when you start to break the the, the compost piles open um, it's just this beautiful, fine compost, and I think that is what makes it worth it. Wow, that's, uh, that's exciting. How long does it take for, like, an get Walking around the grounds at City Farm, Gisandra and Jake were proud to share the story of a place of both purpose and repurpose. In addition to beautiful and productive compost beds, the farm is practically a living testament to innovative ways to reclaim discarded items and make them growing spaces. Everything from bathtubs to buckets are seen as opportunities to make fresh vegetables. But one of the things too um, that Rich especially likes to share with folks is kind of like you can grow it anywhere. Like this is a very you know for an urban farm, it's a pretty big space um, and it's pretty unique and rare um, in the city. But if you go back to the other side, you'll see some examples of just like ways that to be able to engage folks who maybe don't have a backyard or don't have a community garden plot, but just like you can grow in a container and literally anything can be a growing container. So you have some bathtubs and boots. (laughs) (laughs) The Road to Health is a podcast presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. It's hosted and produced by me, Mark Sheldon, and Mason M is our sound engineer with additional support from Yasmin Diaz. I'd like to thank our Backroads guests, Jazandra Barrows and Jake Stanton. Be healthy, be well, and keep your eyes on the road.